Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Good evening. It is Monday, September 28th, 2015. My name is Michael Clark. I'm not afraid to give my name. And we're here tonight to talk about, once again, as we do every Monday night, the only true impenetrable asset protection program available anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world, really. And uh, don't put your hopes on, on statutory entities, my friends, such as corporations, LLCs, uh, statutory trust partnerships. I know many, many, many thousands of people have, uh, with the Dinar and with Freedom Club had been talked into doing a statutory program by an attorney because um, the attorneys have so much publicity and the bar is so powerful that we tend to think they know everything about um, asset protection when, in fact, they know they, they, the protection they set up for you has no protection at all. It can be pierced in a heartbeat for one simple reason, because when they set it up, you are the stockholder, you are the shareholder, or you are the member of the LLC. You're the stockholder of the U.S. corporation, you're the shareholder of the Canadian corporation, or you're the member of the LLC. You are that person. And we all know the, the simple fact that anything you own can be taken from you because of the fact that you're the owner of the corporation or the LLC or the partnership or the trustee of the trust. Anything you put in those entities can be taken from you in a heartbeat. If you have a car accident, a medical situation, a business failure, a, um, lose your job and credit cards and people start suing you, you can lose everything in your, in your corporations or, or LLC. So just wanted to get that out right away. Now, tonight's seminar, the, the, the uh, premise of tonight's seminar is questions and answers. And uh, we're going to start with the question. So, so don't hesitate. If you've got a question, Type it in on your computer or press star 8 if you're on the phone, okay? First question tonight from guest 4. Assignment of income is 100% in our kit, but I was listening to some of the previous calls recently and you suggested it should be less, less like 90%. Um, all I'm saying is some things you can put 100%. You may want to put 100% on your Social Security or your RRSP or... Uh, whatever it might be, um, uh, uh, from an annuity, from a life insurance policy, when they start paying out, if it's cash value, you may want to put 100% on some of those items. But you've got to keep a source of income coming in because they know that you um, they know that you have to purchase groceries and clothing and personal items. So you can't put 100% on everything. You've got to find something or, or a couple of different things that you that you um, give up on you know you you need enough money coming in to pay your monthly bills if you haven't transferred your your home yet and in Canada we can't do that yet but we're very close I, I just have to get Ed to approve it Ed Gilmore um, I told him exactly what I thought we should do and he says hmm sounds like a solution uh, so we're going he's just checking into it to make sure um, 
and then you can switch your you can actually switch your the ownership of your home over. And as Bill Tully mentioned at the to the group at the seminar the other day at the webinar seminar webinar in Green Bay, Wisconsin. By the way, they're playing tonight. They're playing the Kansas City Chiefs, and uh, I think they're both undefeated. Anyway, um, as he mentioned the other day on that. A lot of times people have went down and talked to their banker and said, hey, I want to do a quick claim deed and put this property in the name of my trust. And he said, so far, I don't think he's known of any bankers that have disagreed because we're doing nothing more than protecting the bank as well. Um, the bank's lien, mortgage lien, is on the property. It's not on the individual. The individual gets the mortgage, but but the, the bank's lien, the give, or the mortgage company, it's on the property. It travels with the property. So if the property's moved into your name, the uh, the bank's lien is still good and in priority position. You're in second position on everything once you get the liens and everything in place. Um, so um, uh, now you, that's why you need to have enough income coming in, my friends, so that so that you can pay your bills. Once the trust is moved over, the bill will be paid by the and the more and the, the, it's in moved into the name of uh, your your residence is moved into the name of your trust one, the um, the uh, mortgage will be paid by trust one, and uh, we'll, we'll I'm putting together a, do, a document on that right now a step by step document. There's a couple documents I'm putting together. I'm trying to get put together, but I keep getting attack letters because people are getting attacked by the CRA and the IRS, and you owe the money. Um, guys, let me just state this right now. Don't ever get yourself in a trick bag with, with either one of those two tax authorities. They're relentless. You've got much more money than you do, and they'll drag you right down to the depths, I'm telling you. Um, whatever you can do to get out from under one of those, get a uh, make a settlement, make a payment. Um, we can tell them that you don't own any assets, so they won't take your assets, but that doesn't mean they're not going to continue to come after you. Um, we're not a law firm. We don't um, we don't fight your battles for you. We just let them know that you have no assets that they can count on getting um, to 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 get rid of the debt you owe them. Okay, or the debt they say you owe them. Maybe that's the best way to put it. Okay. So, um, with that being said, um, can you still hear me? Am I still on this call? My phone just beeped, and I and I, I'm not positive. It, it, if you're on this call, wait a minute, hold on one second. Maybe that'll do it. Uh, okay, yeah, the call's still in place. I know that. Okay, I can see it now. Okay, um, next question. Um, but anyway, that's why you've got you to leave some. You don't want to put 100% in every instance. You can't put 100% assignment on some things, okay? But keep enough out so that they can see that you're, you're not a pauper. You are, uh, you've got a, a, an income coming in. That's not the right word, pauper. Um, whatever it is. Yes, number eight. Is it possible to purchase property on a titled item like a car in our name and sell it to the LLC for a few dollars so it now belongs to the trust? Okay, for all of those new, all of you new people, and I talk about this quite often because we're constantly getting new people on the call and some people may not remember it, but a vehicle never goes into the trust. As a result, we'll never be into the LLC or it'll never be in the um, provincial corporation. Never, never, never. They are a high liability item. Now remember, right now if you don't have your program, 
somebody sues you for a car accident and they can take everything you own. It's the same with an entity. If your car, your vehicle is in, the, is in the trust or the LLC or a corporation and they have a reason to sue because of something that that vehicle did, a, a bad accident maybe, they can take everything that's in the trust, they can take everything that's in the uh, LLC or everything that's in the corporation. That's why we, will, we never put vehicles into the, uh, into the trust or the LLC or the provincial corporation. We keep them outside, and they, you can't even protect them with a UCC or a PPSA lien because they're registered in a, in a, in a um, specific state or, or province. So you have to, um, you, you, we've got a separate form, a vehicle lien form, of which your trust one, whether you're in Canada or the U.S., your trust one will, will file a lien against that vehicle. You determine how much equity you've got in that vehicle, add 25% or so, or, or whatever you want to put in it. Don't get outlandish with it. You know, make sure it's within reason. And um, you fill out that vehicle lien form. You take it down to the DMV, and they will file it, okay? Now, this is where I'm saying also, in Canada and the U.S., uh, in this instance, you will, oh, no, not the U.S., not the U.S., but in Canada, you want to get that post office box or, or some type of, box that uh, uh, has an address other than your home address. Because in Canada now, the trust is domiciled in Canada. And the, pro and the uh, corporation will also be domiciled in Canada. And as a result, you don't, want it coming, you don't want the liens coming from your personal address. You want a separate address, a PO box. And um, you'll make that out in the name of your trust and the LLC. They'll both be on that. Uh, excuse me, corporation in Canada, not LLC. And uh, that's the address you'll be using for the corporation and the um, trust, okay, uh, as far as any liens go or any mailings you need to come because um, anytime like this here, you don't want it coming to the same same address, um, uh, trust one. They say, well, wait a minute, that's your home address. Why is a trust address on? Is that you that one and the same? Now, you, you could arguably say that I am the appointed trustee and, and this has been selected as the office, totally separate entity, so it can do that. But um, it just would maybe uh, be a little easier if you get a P.O. box. If you don't, um, you can make that argument if you want to. Okay, not me, if you want to. <laughs> now, in some instances, the DMVs, want, they have their own form. Just go ahead and, and fill it out, but make sure that you list as the lien holder, you put the uh, the name of your trust uh, trust one, and because that's where you actually transfer your vehicle to uh, trust one and, and um, schedule B three, and uh, so that's um, you make sure that they've got that on the lien form. The trust one is a lien holder and the amount. Okay, um, so you don't put the you don't put any vehicles, boats, motorcycles, trucks. Airplanes, uh, those four-wheel drive units, um, you don't put those into the into the trust. Purchased it. I purchased my vehicles in my own name, and then I filed the lien on them. Okay. Uh, let's see. Yeah, we're, this isn't about Chappie's business right now. This is about um, asset privacy and protection. Okay, yes, taking. Yeah, that's good. Chappie's very knowledgeable. Give him, a, give him send him an email. Um, Hildy, yes, yes, yes. 
Pat, I guess 17, that sounded like Skype. I'm not sure what Skype is. I know what Skype is. I just don't have it. Okay, what is your e- Okay, that's Jackie, that's for you. All right, we've got some questions, and I'm going to go through all these questions, so you can continue to uh, write your questions on the computer, but I'm going to take the time here to uh, read you the questions, that, to answer the questions that people emailed in to me this week. And, guys, that's the best way to do it. I can prepare for the answers. That gives me a little time to prepare. Don't don't call with questions that much anymore if you need a call or something. And, and if you do need a call and you call me and leave a voicemail, don't just say, Mike, give me a call. Let me know what, what it is, your, what your question is, what you need help with. Um, that way I'm not... Um, I listen to Lee Iacocca. He never takes a personal call, or he never took a business call either. He always lets his secretary find out what it is. That way he's prepared. He doesn't get blindsided with a, with a question that he can't answer. So I'd like to be prepared as well. I'm very detailed myself. So... Um, if you leave me a voicemail, let me know what it is. But the best instance, I can answer an email if I'm in a meeting or something. Can't answer a phone call. So I would hi, I would suggest that you send me an email from your phone, from your from your computer, doesn't matter, but send me an email, okay? That, that's for your benefit more than mine. Okay, here's some questions. The, the certificates are not ownership but comprise a reciprocal value for contributing your personal assets. How are the certificates structured to avoid transfer of value for tax purposes? In the United States, the, um, um, it, there is no tax um, consequence or obligation when you transfer. There's case law that, that says just that. Transfer uh, assets transferred to a trust with no tax obligations. Okay, that's the U.S., and uh, in the um, um, in Canada now, what we're doing, uh, as per Ed Gilmore, uh, when we had our meeting in Buffalo with Bill Tully, myself, and Ed, um, we determined that the Ed determined that the best thing to do is to transfer assets from your name to the trust, because your laws are a little different. Transfer assets from your name to the trust. At um, oh, at the at the I can't don't gun it that word just slipped my mind. But at the value you purchased them for, um, basis cost basis at cost basis. Okay, cost basis would be if you purchase something for a hundred thousand dollars and it's now three hundred thousand, you will transfer the assets to the trust at a hundred thousand, and they will go in, and then the value they are received in the trust, if the trust sells that asset for three hundred thousand, it will have a uh, it will have a, uh, a tax obligation on the two hundred thousand above and beyond the, the cost basis of the hundred thousand for the item, for the asset. Okay, so we're going to we transfer items into the trust at cost basis, and then the um, the trustees. Uh, excuse me, then the tax professional takes over from there. There's no tax uh, due until time, such time that the trust sells the assets. Okay. Is the CEO currently credentialized as a CPA attorney, certified financial planner, enrolled agent, etc.? Is the CEO, I don't know who you're talking about, the CEO of what? The CEO of Masters Protection Group LLC, the, the um, CEO of Trust One, whichever, if it's one of those two, 
The answer is no. We don't need CPAs. We don't need attorneys. We don't need certified financial planners, and we don't need enrolled agents, although we've got all of those that work with our company. Okay, They've all approved it. They love it, and they work with us. Um, we just a new um, CPA who is also an enrolled agent and who is also finishing up college this year, um, some high degree in accounting. I'm not sure what it is, um, but I know Bill was telling me that it's a very high degree, and she's come on through the tutelage of Mr. William Tully, Bill Tully, and she's going to be, she's joined his firm, and um, um, uh, she's on board with this also. We've got a, an accountant in, uh, in Michigan uh, that, that's on board with this as well. He put on a seminar there at Three, three, uh, three Rivers, Michigan, last uh, Thursday. Uh, okay, what value would Trust 2 provide to the LLC have any part have any party to contractual agreement where a lien could be applied against the assets? How would that process be substantiated in court if it ever got to that point? Very simple. I mean, that, that, that's probably the simplest of these questions. Um, what value would, in other words, how does trustee get credibility uh, to apply a lien on the uh, on the LLC or yeah on the LLC? Or the assets, um, what, what gives it that credibility to be able to do that? Well, quite simply, a new contract, is, we, we set up initially the uh, contractors, the people um, that our creator says, if you will give me your assets, I will give you trust certificates, and we create Trust One. Trust One then creates the LLC. Excuse me a second. Trust One then creates the LLC to give the assets a second layer of protection and also to put the assets into a, a more business-oriented uh, uh, um, entity. Everybody knows what an LLC is. In Canada, Trust One puts all of the assets and creates the um, provincial corporation. Again, second layer of protection and uh, provincial corporation is something that the bankers, the the accountants and the attorneys know how to work with in Canada. Um, so now that this, now that the LLC or the corporation has been created, the trustees of Trust One then use the assets owned by the corporation or by the corporation or the LLC, and they create Trust Number Two. And they do this to protect the assets. There's only one way to protect those assets in that corporation or LLC, both of which are statutory entities. They they create that um, they create actually it's the, the permissions given to the managers uh, of the corporation or the LLC to to create a second trust with our creator and the, however the the creator doesn't transfer all of the assets to the uh, corporation or the LLC it only transfers the equity of the assets that it owns the physical tangible assets that are owned by the LLC of the corporation, it transfers only the equity of those assets to the new LLC or corporation. Equity is intangible personal property. And because it's personal property, you own it, you have, or the LLC in this case, case owns it, it has the right to protect it in any way, any way it seems fit. It seems fit. It can, it can buy, sell, donate, gift, um, or assign those assets, or it can exchange those assets 
for trust certificates. So when trust two is created, the only property, uh, personal property it owns is equity. There's two titles to everything. There's legal title, which is who owns the title to this phone that I'm talking on now. And there's also equitable title, which is who owns the the value of this phone. The value is the equity. You have equity in your home, in your vehicles, in your investments, in your, your home furnishings, in your lawn and garden equipment. You have equity in a part of it that you own. And part of it may be owned by a mortgage company or a finance company or, or whoever. Okay? But your portion of that's what we need to protect. I don't care about the mortgage company. I don't care about the finance company. I, I, I'm concerned about protecting your value in the assets that you've got. Okay, so the, um, the um, trust two in this contractual agreement gets, gets the equity as consideration, and the LLC or the corporation gets the, the uh, certificates trust certificates from trust two. So they both got equity that is, that is a valuable consideration that's been changed. And uh, so that's where it gets the, that's where it has the ability to file a lien on, on the assets owned by the LLC or the Canadian corporation because it, it owns the equity in those and it still needs to protect those, those um, the assets that's owned by the LLC or the corporation, okay? It's a very simple process, very simple. Wouldn't this structure bring a red flag to the estate of, to the estate with the IRS, given that the IRS has already identified it as a potential illegal tax shelter, if the belief is that, is that it does not? Why not? Well, first of all, the IRS does not view this any longer as a, as, as a, a, um, as a potential illegal tax shelter not our program. They've tried to take money from three of our LLCs and they had it back at the longest period of time, 24 hours, Ken. This is not an illegal tax shelter. And if you had been, anybody, if you read the information we, we give out and if you will come to the Monday night calls, you'll know exactly why it is not an illegal tax shelter. Matter of fact, they used to call it a, um, an abusive trust. Did you know they don't do that anymore? Back about... Uh, Ten years ago, I, I read a couple cases, and I read, uh, I read I read all the time there because I was putting the program together, and I um, I, I read uh, Quatloos and MSN Ginger and Applegarth and all of these that called it an abusive trust, and I sent a letter directly to to the IRS, and I said, why in the world are you calling the the contract trust an abusive trust? I said, there's there's corporations, LLCs partnerships and individuals and, and statutory trusts that are all being sued. And by the way, every statutory trust that calls every, every entity out there except for the STS program that calls itself a pure trust, that, that's, that's a blatant lie. They are not. Uh, there's five components, and I've got three private attorneys who said the more, and they check these, these other companies all the time just as kind of a, a hobby, you know, to see who's doing what out there. And... Um, and they say the most they've ever found in any one of those entities that's out there right now is three of the five components, which means there's two avenues for you to still be attacked if you've got one of their documents. And also 99% of them are set up for, um, probably 100%, for tax avoidance or tax evasion uh, purposes. Okay, so this is, and I asked the IRS in a letter I sent directly to Philadelphia, and I said, why are you calling this an abusive trust? 
Why don't you call them abusive corporations, abusive LLCs, abusive partnerships, and abusive uh, statutory trusts? Why don't you call those all abusive? I never got an answer back, uh, which is consistent with their um, what they do. Um, but now they're known as trust, if it is one uh, an abusive one, they're known as trust used for abusive purposes because I pointed out to them that um, it's not the entity, it's not the, it's not the uh, corporation or the LLC or the partnership or the, the um, individual or the, the statutory trust that is abusive. It is the person's that run the, these entities, that control these entities. They're the ones that make them abusive. Okay? Never got an answer back, but they have changed it to trust used for, and it's not, not just not the pure contract trust. It didn't say the contract trust, and I, I know what they were referring to. It was obvious from the language. I had three or four of our enrolled agents and uh, uh, CPAs call me on this and say, hey, Mike, look, you got, um, you, they're, kind of, they're legitimizing everything. They're, they're doing it right this time. And there's a very special reason they don't want they don't want people using the contract trust. And I'll get in, I'll, I'll give everybody a uh, little heads up on this. Your creditors, the attorneys, government agencies, and the uh, the, the uh, taxing authorities, IRS or CRA, they the statutory ones don't realize it, but the tax authorities do. But they they want to be they want you to own stuff because if you own stuff they can come after you and say hey if you don't pay what we just sent you what's listed on this this bill that we just sent you if if you don't pay it we're going to sue you and take everything you own it's the only thing they can do remember this guys this is powerful this is part of what makes the STS program absolutely impenetrable so they they don't want they want you to own assets so they can threaten and intimidate you okay it's just part of the reality of today's society uh, that's what they do. That's how they protect themselves and uh, or try to get money out of you, okay? And um, so the minute you don't own anything, they, they're, all the wind's out of their sail. They have nowhere to go. The only one that really know, ones that really know about this is the IRS and the CRA. I don't know if the CRA does. But in the U.S., it's the IRS. They've got, um, oh, gosh, I haven't used it in so long I forgot. Um, but anyway, they've got uh, an item written right in the tax code. It says uh, something to the effect that there are other trusts, uh, other other entities known as trusts, but which are not ta- trusts for the for the purposes of the tax code. And that's where all the others they they get illegal. They they get themselves in a in a bind by telling people that um, these are those other entities, and you don't have to pay taxes if you've got the contract trust. And that's not true, guys. Remember this. I don't care who you listen to or what you do. There's a lot of things you can go out there and do. But let me tell you right now that, that if you, and I said it earlier, if you get you want to get yourself in an unending battle, a never-ending battle, go up against them, okay? There's people that we've got that, that know all these rules very well, but they also know the fact that if you don't know them as well as they do, you can get yourself in a trick bag in a heartbeat. And why would you why would you live your whole life when you can do it legally? You can help yourself legally, and um, uh, you don't have to get in these things where you're in an avoidance or an evasion situation. Okay, that's all I'm going to say about that. But uh, um, they are not, and haven't been for a long time, considered a uh, an illegal tax shelter. Okay. 
Okay, what's what assurances besides trust would truly what assurances besides the trust would truly and the estate and the trustees will act in the best interest and consistent with the wishes of truly and the beneficiaries. I'm guessing truly is the name of the trust uh, a trust or something. You're using that as a name of the trust. Uh, what assurances besides trust and the estate have the trustees that act? You know why? Because you're setting up your program and you know who the trustees are. Okay, that's all I should have to say about that. Um, you're not going to mess yourself over for crying out loud. And then you're generally the beneficiaries also. We have on our applications where it says suggested trustee. Now, if you're going to, if you are going to um, transfer all of your assets into a trust, who would you want to suggest to the creator? He's got to be able to pick whoever he wants. But, but because of, Carp I believe it's Carpenter versus White, he has the opportunity to pick even the suggested trustee. So why would you pick anybody else? If your assets are there, who would you want to be in control of your assets? And if you're in control of your assets, um, aren't you going to act in the best interest, consistent with the wishes of the trustees and the beneficiaries, especially if you're the beneficiary, the certificate holder as well? Of course you would. Okay? So pretty simple questions to answer. Um, let me go back for a second to the... Um, um, Let's see if we have any more questions here on the computer. Looks like we do. Hold on one second. Okay, now I'm going to scroll down to get them. What about other properties? Can those be sold to Trust One? Okay, um, there's a couple questions about this. How do you put in trust a property into the trust after it has been the trust has been created? Guys, understand the the the, the rule of contracts. First of all, there's got to be two or more parties. Second of all, there's got to be consideration passed between the parties, value, valuable consideration. And thirdly, um, it, it, what is thirdly? Good grief. Um, anyway, you can't be for anything illegal. illegal okay? Now, if that's the case, to have a private contract, once, once you set up your program, you put all of your assets. Don't have to, but anything you leave out can't be put in later. We're working to try and, and reword some things so we can do that, but a, a, a private con contract is you, you put in your assets in return for trust certificates. There are only 100 trust certificates, and they are given to you, or 50 are given to you, and 50 are given to your spouse, or any other denomination that you send us an email and validate that you've agreed that one it's going to be 60-40 or 70-30 or whatever it might be. But other than that, if there's a husband and wife, they are going to be given 50 each, okay? So now that you've got the certificates, you've given up your assets, consideration, the certificates are consideration on behalf of the trust, and your assets are consideration on behalf of you as the contractor. Um, once that's done, the, the contract is finished, okay? You can't add something to it because you're not, that's consideration on your part, but the trust has already given out the certificates. There's nothing more for it to give out, okay? So, so you can't really do it. So be very particular. Now, if you buy something, quite simply, you don't buy anything in your name from that point on. You buy items in the name of the LLC, the corporation, or the trust, it's that simple. You live your life as a business. You don't live your life 
uh, as an individual any longer. As an individual, you have no benefits whatsoever. Okay, and uh, but as a uh, as a business, you've got all kinds of benefits as you're at your disposal. Now we don't do taxes, and the tax issues with this trust and the LLC and the corporation are between you and your and your um, um, tax professional. Some tax professionals are more liberal, some are more conservative. So, but they're all consistent with the laws of the state and the government of which they represent. Okay, so you have to state or corporation or government, uh, the government they represent. So you've got to um, um, take everything to your accountant, and, and regardless, you're going to get some benefits that you wouldn't have as an individual. Okay, I hope that uh, you can put other properties into the into the trust, but you're going to want to have you're going to want to um, um, purchase those properties through the LLC or the or, or the um, trust or the corporation. Now, I mentioned the other day when somebody said, well, we got to get a mortgage on that. Okay, here's what you do. Um, and I just, don't do this yet because I haven't cleared it with Bill or, or Ed, but everything I've talked about, everything seems to be okay with it, okay? Um, what you do, you have the trustees of Trust One, give those who are in control of the LLC or the corporation permission to go out and get a mortgage on behalf of the trust or the LLC or the corporation. No, not yeah. If it's, if it's a personal residence, it would be the trust. Any other properties, it would be the, the LLC or the corporation. You go out and get that mortgage, and, and you talk with the mortgage company and say, hey, it's going to be through the LLC. If I have right, if you haven't developed, um, if you haven't developed credit yet for the trust or the LLC or the the uh, corporation, corporation, yeah, then you first of all you haven't done your job as trustee uh, or manager of the trust or the cor- or the LLC or the corporation, um, guys. If you're going to take advantage of all this powerful protection, there's nothing else like it. You've got things you've got to do as well. You, you don't just go to an attorney, you pay him five grand, he sets up a corporation for you, and, and you just put it in a drawer somewhere. This isn't that type of thing. This is the type of thing that, that protects you for a lifetime and beyond, for a lifetime and beyond. And um, it does it in such a way that you don't have to be concerned. You can have peace of mind the rest of your life because nobody's going to touch what you've got. Nobody's going to touch what you've worked a lifetime to protect, Okay. Um, so anyway, um, where, where was I? What was that question? Uh, what about other property? Yeah, they could. So this is a way to work. If you've got to get a mortgage on that property, hopefully you've got some money to put down, or you're just, you know, trying to use other people's money to be 100%. Is kind of ridiculous because you're going to pay a huge um, interest rate. Um, but anyway, uh, and that's not the smart way to do it. You want to keep some equity in your, your name, or either that or don't buy the property. If you can't afford it, don't buy it. But um, that's how you can kind of work your way into it. And I'm working on a document right now that explains that in detail, step by step, as soon as I get an approval from Bill and, and Ed. Okay, from Hildy, when it's RV, when it RVs, how do I pay for a new vehicle? Does the corporation pay for it, but insurance, et cetera, in our name? Okay. 
when you go to buy a new vehicle, if you want, take a loan from the LLC or the trust, whoever has the funds. I would do it from the LLC. The trust is the nucleus of this entire program. It doesn't hurt if anybody knows about it, and even the fact that you're an, you're an appointed trustee. But you want to keep it as much out of the limelight as possible. Keep that power in the back. You know, keep that right arm ready to punch, but, but keep it kind of private too. Um, so put it in your Canadian corporation, or your um, buy, get a, get a loan from your Canadian corporation, or from your um, um, LLC, duh. Uh, uh, so anyway, and you purchase it in your name, okay? You put your purchase in your name for the reasons that I said earlier in this call, why you don't want a vehicle of any type in the corporation or in the LLC. You pay for it, you, you get the funds from the corporation, but understand that that's a loan from the, corporate, from the uh, corporation or the LLC. In your case, it's the corporation, Hildy. And you then put a lien from the corporation, Canadian corporation, or the U.S. LLC, you put a lien on that vehicle with a vehicle lien form. You can you can actually use your um, um, trust one if you want to put the lien on. That's fine because the trust one owns the LLC and it owns, it's the shareholder of the uh, corporation. So it can put the lien on from trust one and you put the amount of the lien based on what your equity is or what that vehicle's worth you add 20%, 25% of that, and you put a put a lien on it, okay? In an MLM business, this is from Lori. Uh, in an MLM business, should the personal name be changed to the name of the LLC or LLC after personal name signed up in MLM business. Yes, you don't want it in your own name. You want it in an LLC if you're in the U.S. You want it in a Canadian corporation if you're in Canada. Um, if it's in your name, somebody can sue you and take it. They can take every guy. And there's case, a lot of case law out there where people thought they were protected in an, in an MLM business. They were making fifty, seventy-five thousand a month. They were making... 2000 a month. It doesn't matter what it is. That 2000 is just as important to you as the 75000 is to another person that's worked maybe more years and stuff to get his income up to that level. But you, um, you, you do not want it. Your name is the last person you want it in. So you transfer. Now, understand, the first LLC, or in Canada, it will be the first corporation, are strictly holding entities. They are not business entities. They are due to the minute the transfer takes place, the trust one then will move the assets it receives from you as the contractor into either if it's in the U.S., it will move those assets into the, into a limited liability company in whatever in uh, Indiana, and if it's in um, Canada, the assets will immediately be moved into a uh, provincial corporation. Those are just two holding entities. That's all they do. They don't. They're not set up for business purposes. And it says the same thing on the uh, on the documents that go with it. So if you want to put a business in there, you create a second LLC if you're in the United States, and you create as or you create a second corporation if you're in Canada. And this LLC or corporation. Is, is there for uh, business purposes, and, and the uh, operating agreement will be defined as such. 
for business purposes. Um, guys, if you want to be in business and you're making money, you don't. if you think that you can be in business and leave yourself exposed and you're not going to get hurt because you've never got hit before, you're just kidding one person yourself. You are so naive that it's not even funny. If you read one half the court cases, um, um, you would be amazed as I will, as I was. And uh, so anyway, you don't want... Um, um, you don't want any of that to, to take place, okay? Uh, I think I just lost my connection with the... Uh, um, let me see what I got here. Yeah, let me get it right back on here. Let me get it right back on here. What the heck is going on? Um, hold on with me just a second. Put up with me, and I will get this corrected. Um, this here... We have uh, okay. I apologize for this. Uh, we just lost connection here for some reason. I don't know why. Um, I went touch. Okay. Uh, you're on the phone, Michael. You're okay. Yeah, but can you see anything on the screen? Oh uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I can't. I can't see anything here, so I can't. Um, um, hold on just a second. I'll have this corrected. Give me a minute. I can't see anything. I don't know who's doing what. Okay. Okay. Let me see if this reflected it. I'm hoping it does. Um, nope, it hasn't. Guys, I'm going to have to... I can't answer anything um, by uh, computer anymore. All I can do is answer the questions on email. I apologize. Well, I can that. ask the questions if you want when you're ready. Oh, can you still see the computer screen? Yeah. Okay, good, because if there's any questions, you just read them to me, chap, and I'll... Uh, is, is there any now below the one that I just... I just um, or can you shoot that over to me? Uh, no, I can't. Okay. okay, that's good. Just ask, ask the questions, and I'll answer them. Go ahead. Okay, well, the, I'm not sure where you left off, but um, did you get... Go down almost to the bottom. Oh, okay, so you answered about the MLM business. Yes, you should... <laughs> Yeah, that was the last one I was answering, guys. Just don't, if you stay in a statutory LLC or if you're in an MLM business, this is, you need this program just like you don't want the dinar to revalue in your name. You, you want to get, you want to protect your business for crying out loud. Don't be, don't be foolish about it and, uh, and just keep it in your name. It's, it's an absolute ticket to disaster. And I've read hundreds of cases where people with MLM programs and side businesses have lost everything. All the money that they had built up in their business has went to somebody else who got a judgment against them because it was in their name. And anything you own, if you've got your business in an LLC because your attorney told you to do that, you're the member, you're the owner, somebody will take it. And they have. They've taken it thousands and thousands of times. That's what some of these law firms look for. They look for people that are unprotected, that have a good income coming in. And as you know, with an asset investigator, They'll know every dime you're making from whatever source. So 
guys, if you've got an MLM business, I don't care if you're making 500 a month, protect that 500 a month and protect the rest of your personal assets, your family assets, your professional assets, and your business assets, okay? Okay, Jack, what's next? How do I, how buy in trust name? How what? How, uh, Eagle 2 says, how buy in trust name? In other words, how do you buy something in a trust name? Oh, that, that's simple. You just go out and purchase it and you use the trust debit card or you use a trust check and uh, just so you can, and you, you just keep a copy of the receipt. What I do with my receipts is I scan them real quick and keep them in a file. So you can buy it very simply in a trust or the LLC or the corporation name. In most instances, make sure you get a debit card so it's charged to the the the, the trust or the corporation or the uh, LLC, and uh, you've got a record of it, okay? Okay. Guest 4 says, I have a... Hol- uh- I have a holding corporation in Canada. I have signed it over to Trust One. Can I use it now instead of the LLC if you have registered for me? Okay, good question. Now, the LLC, as I told you, that's just a holding entity. If you want to use it to purchase things, create a Canadian corporation if you're in Canada. Create a provincial corporation Trust One will be the shareholder. You will be the director. That's who they are in Canada. That's right. They're the directors. So you will be the directors. The the Trust One will be the shareholder. You don't want to use the holding company. It's not designed. um, It's designed only to hold assets and protect them. So for right now, because you've already got the LLC set up and in place, you just use the. uh, You you need to create a second. Entity, but it would be uh, from Trust One, but it would be a, a Canadian corporation. Okay, and very simple to do. The price, as far as I know, in most uh, all of the provinces, it may be a little bit off one or the other, but it um, it's right around three hundred and fifty dollars. But that's the cost of protection and doing business as a business person. So if you're going to, if you need need something for business purposes, you need to create a second uh, entity, which would be a Canadian per, Canadian. Numbered Provincial Corporation. Okay. Okay. Uh, Eagle 2 comes back, you know, from asking the previous question. Um, I, if, so, if Foundation LLC, should it be changed? Um, The Foundation, I just asked Bill about that. Bill Tully would be the person to talk about that. I've never even asked Ed uh, Gilmore, if he knows much about that. But um, if you don't, a foundation is its own entity. You have no ownership in it. It is a statutory entity. It can be sued, but it also, um, it has uh, nothing, it doesn't need, it's its own member. You don't need to attach it to uh, Trust One, okay, a foundation. Foundations, are, as Bill said also, they're very, they regulate those tighter than anything else. Um so you, I don't, I don't know why somebody would really need a foundation. You can do a lot of what you do in a foundation, but if you want one, Bill Tully would be the person to get in touch with. Now, understand, they can be sued. They're statutory entities. They're t- highly regulated, and they watch. They want every year they check to make sure every diet, every I is dotted and every T is crossed. And um, but they. Um, 
they don't need Trust One as the as the member. They are their own member. And I don't know exactly how that works because I'm not a foundation person. But uh, call Bill and ask him or talk to somebody who knows him a little better and say, hey, I want to set up a foundation. What's the, what's the procedure? Okay. Yes, four. I have a holding corporation in Canada. Can I use it now instead of the LLC? I have signed it over to trust number one. Yeah, you can. Yeah, if you've got one that you've signed over to trust one, leave the LLC there. But you can even close your bank account because it's only going to be a holding entity. It'll take, and if you're in Canada, you'll need two corporations. You'll need one as a holding entity. You want to keep, remember, in asset protection, it's separation, separation, separation. So you'll have the first entity, which will be an, an LLC, even in Canada, if you've already got one set up, but it will be the holding. There will be no income out of that. And then if, you, if you've got your second entity, incorporation, yes, you can use that for business purposes, but all of your initial assets that you transferred went into the LLC. It's still a good, valid entity in Canada as well as the U.S., so just leave it sit there and hold your assets. Any, any uh, businesses you're going to want to do, though, just go ahead and use, the, um, use your cor- existing corporation that you transferred the shareholders to Trust One. That's perfect. You're in good shape. Okay, guest 17 says, Mike, sometimes a computer will time out for you. Okay. No, this one didn't. I appreciate that. This didn't time out. I just, we just lost the whole. Um, I just lost the whole um, um, service here for some reason. Okay, uh, Heidi, uh, three hundred eighty-five Albertas. Three hundred eighty-five dollars, Alberta. Um, oh, that's for that's probably the cost of the corporation in Alberta. Yeah, I checked, uh, I think it was Ontario, and it was 350 But we'll have Alberta. That's where the majority are coming from right now, Alberta and Ontario. We're, those are the first two we're going to get, get uh, situated into the program. The next one will be Manitoba and uh, and some of the others. But, okay, it's good to know, 350 385 Okay. Okay, and, and uh, thus far, that is the uh, the end of the question. Okay, I've got some here on the, that people send in by email. Uh, that's good. If any others come up, just give me a shout there, chat. But okay, uh, yeah, help out guys, right this, now. this program is designed, it is the most powerful asset privacy and protection program in the world. If you have no need for it right now and you're, it's just sitting there like, a, like, a, like that 426 Hemi that used to be on the, the Dodge and the Chrysler, man, it's just sitting there and just idling and it's rumbling. But if you need it, man, you hit that pedal and bam, it protects you. Now, things too, you want to get it set up before you have any any issues with the IRS or the CRA. Um, again, we can let them know that you don't own any assets, but that's not going to get them off your back necessarily, guys, and we want them off your back, okay? Um, we have, and there's some other things that we're doing that are very very powerful. I just learned about it since my trip to Calgary. I was in my talks with Lawrence. Okay, we have requested to Equitable Life to change the beneficiary to our trust. Below is a response back from Equitable Life. So what documents would we forward on? Equitable Life said they need a complete copy of the trust on file for the trust to be the beneficiary of your policy. Now that is so much bunk 
these uh, these life insurance agents, every once in a while you'll come across one of those, like a banker that doesn't have a clue what they're doing. They just want to start and sound smart, so they do that. I don't care if this is the home office. Guys, understand, who does it say is the owner of that policy? Probably you or your wife. You own it. They have forms for both change of ownership and change of beneficiary. You tell your agent you want a form for change of ownership and a change for beneficiary. You can also tell them that, that you own the product. They, he has no say-so. You want to appoint the owner that you want. and you Otherwise, guys, if, if you own that product and you die, all the money, that the face value of that policy goes into your estate to have taxes paid on it estate taxes, okay? You don't want that. You want to put into the trust that never dies. It'll never go to estate taxes. And you want the beneficiary funds to go in there as well. And then you, because maybe over time, maybe whoever's the beneficiary is going to be, maybe they get some issue against them. Somebody's attacking them in a lawsuit or something. And uh, if they get money, that money's going to be attached right away. And uh, the courts will grab it, Okay. So we want it in there, and the courts can then, or excuse me, the trustees can then disperse it to you on, on a way that's right for you. If there's no problems, they'll just give it to you, okay? So what back, um, let's see, so the trust's on file. So I hope you understand, you own that life insurance policy. You can name the owner if you want to change the owner, and you can name the beneficiaries. You can name it your trust, okay? They also said there are no confidential, they also said there are no confidentiality concerns or privacy issues with them. Maybe not with them, but what about you? How many people are going to see this trust? This trust is set, trusts are set up for privacy, even if it's a statutory. No statutory aren't private, though anybody can get in to see them. But our trust is set up for privacy as well as protection. Maybe, no, they don't have any concerns, but you should have a lot of concerns if if you are sharing the trust information with anybody. It is none of their business. They have no legal right to know anything about Trust 1 or Trust 2. When you email me the beneficiary change forms, guys, we don't have the forms. Why would We wouldn't have any reason to have the forms. The forms come from your agent, from, and he gets them from the life insurance company. Okay, We don't have forms for them to change, for the insurance company to change the owner and that. Uh, okay, when you email me the beneficiary forms, that's not going to happen because we don't have them. Can you email the trust in a zipped format? Nope. You've got the trust already. It's the living trust document. But keep in mind, they have no reason to, um, to have to see your trust documents. That is private. We've had hundreds and hundreds of people change, probably thousands, change their um, ownership and their... Um, uh, beneficiary, and in only a few instances have that has, has somebody questioned that, and this is one of them. Okay, uh, it's not uh, you know it's not something that's never happened. That protects sensitive documents while sending them by email. Nope, you don't give them the trust documents. They have no reason to see them. You tell them you own that policy, and you want them to you want that agent to give you a copy of the owners a change of ownership and change of beneficiary. Two different forms, okay? You take a swallow of water. All right, another question. Okay. I think we're fine. Oh, you got one there, chap? Go ahead. Yeah, the, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were asking me. Okay. Um, okay. How, how do I bring a new asset into the trust in Canada? 
In Canada, you do it the same way you do in the U.S. This is one thing that's just universal. You go to the Schedule B documents, and you're, when, once you get your documents, you go to Schedule B. There's Schedule B1, which is um, equity transfer of real property. Schedule B2 is your personal property. And on that, it states that you can either do it in written form or pictorial form. By far, the easiest is pictorial form. You get your, you get a, your digital camera. You make sure the date's on it. You go through your house and stand in one corner of each room, take a picture. You go to the opposite corner in that room and take another picture. And uh, then you go to the next room. Some rooms you may require, if they're an L shape or something, may require uh, three pictures for that room. You take pictures of all of the, get all the assets in all the rooms of your house, go to your garage if you've got tools and stuff, or the shed if you've got lawn and garden equipment. Um, you also, if you've got jewelry or furs or gun collection or whatever you might have, Make sure that you specifically get get uh, if you've got you know those plate collections where they where you get um, numbered plates uh, from a source. If you've got Norman Rockwell paintings or anything like that or lithographs, make sure you get everything of value. And then you uh, you also if you've got um, maybe you've got an antique baby grand piano or something, and it's got an appraisal value. Take a picture of the piano and and with it take a picture and then next take a picture of the appraised. Uh, appraisal sheet. You get all this done, and then you take that chip out, or SD card, I guess I was told they call that. You take that SD card out. You, you have a get a new SD card strictly for taking pictures for the assets owned by the trust, and then you um, put it in in the um, in the front page of Trust One where the CD is being held. I would just slide it right down in there. Give that SD card a number, or, uh, pr print something on a blank sheet of typing paper or something and just say uh, um, um, assets owned, write it with a, with a felt pen or something, assets owned as of and put the date that you, uh, you, you took the pictures and that are on all of the pictures and take a picture of that very first and then uh, take pictures after that. And it takes about 45 minutes to an hour to go through the average, an average size home and, and your jewelry and, and furs and anything else you may have. And... Um, and if there is anything that requires written, it's, there, there's one place you can check for written and another one you check if it's pictorial. I would check both of them because you're going to need maybe some special description, uh, description of a certain item or something. I would take, in the, I would take a picture of, of your latest um, monthly return from, from a stock, bond, mutual fund, anything you have that's a recorded asset, uh, gems, whatever it might be. Um, take a picture of that and put it in there so they can see that there is definitely a mutual fund, but also you can put in there um, um, in that written little statement for that that um, the equity, if it's a recorded entity as, a, as per Schedule B-4, um, go ahead and, and um, uh, put in there, this is for as per Schedule B-4, and take a picture of B-4 where you've got that, that particular stock bond mutual fund, and I think there's places to put three of them on there and do that. Guys, you, this can be so perfect for everybody. And once you've got your documents set in, in place, you've got all the pictures taken, you've got the, the, all of the signatures on there, you've got the, the notary signatures on there also, you're done. This, this can all be done less than a week. And, um, and once a year, maybe a, uh, um, a minute order, not maybe, once a year, a minute order, or twice a year, whatever you want. 
and, and any major changes you would put in that minute order. For example, a new car was was purchased. The money was um, was loaned from the LLC or the corporation, and uh, blah blah blah. Very simple. Okay. Okay. The next question was, uh, and, and you got a couple of people on the phone that want to that had their hand raised. I don't know if you can get to them or not. No, I. Uh, no, I. Well. But I have another question here. It says, what, to what, uh, okay, uh, to what degree are we protected if we have to remove the UCC-1 to refinance the mortgage? And I answered, after you refinance the house, uh, well, I should have put mortgage, uh, refile the UCC-1. Okay, that's good. But I can, I can give you one that... Um, and this changed with me not too long ago. We were telling people to just drop the lien with the UCC3 and then put it on immediately after the refinance. But here's a better way to do it. I've given, I gave it a lot of thought because I've been flying a lot lately. And um, here's, a, I think, a better way to do it. File a second lien. Leave the house off. And now you've got everything else. But keep the lien with whatever value you're going to get from selling the house because that cash will be part of the asset you want to protect. So put that in there uh, and, and just file a new lien, but don't list the house as something that's lien and then take off the take off the first lien. You can do all of that probably in, in less than an hour. Okay, just remove the, the first lien with the UCC3. And by the way, in your CD, when you open it up, put it in your computer and open it up, you will see um, UCC1 blank, or no, excuse me, UCC1 example, and then we've got a, a nice example of what you have to do. And then UCC1 blank. I would print out the example layer right next to you and just fill in everything right according to that example. And we've also got UCC example and UCC3 blank. You'll use the UCC3 to remove the UCC1 lien. Okay? Good question. Okay. Go back Go back to your computer now. And, and that's the last question. Okie dokie. I think I finally understand what trust certificates entitle the holder to re-trust. Okay, I'm not sure what that means, but it was it was always fuzzy and hard to understand until now, and probably is to others. So I think it would be helpful to bring it up on the Monday call. My new understanding is that the certificate holders share in proportion to the units held. Correct. Um, in distribution made from the trust or the LLC, but they do not share a claim on the assets of the trust. You are exactly right there. They have no claim to the assets. They have no ownership. It says that right in the certificate. Uh, as a certificate holder, you have no ownership in the assets of the trust. Otherwise, they could come to you and take whatever you own in that trust. Okay, but you're exactly right. If uh, husband and wife each own 50%, of the certificates, and there's a $10,000 dis disbursement from the trust to the certificate holders, the beneficiaries. Each part, each holder would get $5,000. Of course, the husband would probably have to give his $5,000 to the wife, but that's something different. It has nothing to do with the STS program. This is why certificates have no ascertainable value. Well, that's part of it. But since you brought it up, I'm going to explain this again for those of you that haven't got it. If you put a if you put a million dollars worth of value into the trust, are the certificates worth a million dollars? 
if we do. Okay, now, so you've got to understand how certificate holders get paid. They have no ownership in the assets or, or, or that equitable asset, okay? No ownership in it at all. But they do get the proportional value, and whenever the certificate, whenever the trustees disperse or, or generate a disbursement to the certificate holders, going on tonight. Holy scramoli. Okay, holy scramoli. I don't know what's going on tonight, but I'm back anyway. I just dropped my call. Anyway, guys, I was talking about the certificates, and uh, if if they disperse those, the judge has to look at it this way. A uh, million dollars worth of assets is not um, make the certificates worth a million dollars. They're only based on what you are going to get back with those certificates. You may... Uh, uh, you may get much less. It may only pay out $10,000, and that's all. You put a million dollars worth of assets in there. Uh, you may get much more. You may get five or ten million in disbursements over the years. So the judge has no way of knowing what these certificates are, um, how much they're they're uh, valued at. Chappie, are you there? Hello, Chap. Is anybody there? Somebody, uh, Chap, are you there? Uh, is anybody there? Well, if you can hear me, I can't hear you. Sorry about oh, that. Michael? Yeah, who's this? This is Gary. It's Linda. Okay, can you guys hear me all right? Yes. Okay, I'm going to finish. This is the question that I've got on email. Okay. Are you here on the call, right? Hello. You're on the call, oh. right? Yes, I am. 
Okay, good. Then that means other people can hear also. Okay, uh, so I'll finish the... Uh, um, I'm wondering if the phone is possible. I have several siblings, nieces, nephews. What they want to know about is about um, um, dividing up the certificates. Guys, I would keep the certificates in your control and in your name. List Schedule D, where you list who you want the uh, certificates to go to. Or you can even put it on a minute order, but list it on Schedule D, who you want them to go to and how many certificates to each person. You can, do, you can knock it into decimals if you want, 33 and a third, or not decimals, fractions. 33 and a third, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so anyway, but I would keep the certificates in your name and uh, list who you want them to go with, go to upon your demise and leave it at that, okay? Uh, if you want to give them money after the RV or something, if that's what this was leading to, no. When the RV happens, start a separate program in their name, for them, in their name, and um, it's much better. It's all private and they will have their own program and whatever amount of, of money you want to put in that program to start with. Your Trust One will create a second STS program for them. Okay? You see, how do I bring new assets into the trust in Canada? As I mentioned earlier, guys, this is a, a private contract. Once the contract has been set, you don't bring assets into it. However, we're working on a couple ways to make sure they're good for, with Canada law and U.S. law. If the corporation makes a down payment on real property and a minute order is then made for the corporation's authority to do so, what do I then do if I don't want to mortgage, just pay off the real property at time of purchase so this is to be free and clear um, and no money down? You know, if, you, if you're talking about, you know, the RV and everything, um, you could, but if you want to put a mortgage on it, um, you can do that too. I explained it earlier in the call. Um, but you can have the trust, if it's a personal residence, have the trust write a check and get a mortgage from the trust if you want. If real property has bought in my name with a bank loan, can the trust now buy the property from me? Um, can, yeah, whatever conditions you want to put together, okay? All right, trust account is set up, and I want to put my commissions from the network marketing um, company in the trust name. You don't want it in the trust name. You want it in, a, in, a, in an LLC name or a corporation name. How do I do that without a corporation? From, let's see. Trust account is set up, and I want to put in the commissions. Um, you're much better off with the corporation or the, if you're in Canada, an LLC and an LLC if you're in the U.S. Or can I put my trust name and account? Can I put it in trust name and account? And how would I switch to corporation later when set up? Um, you can do, well, you know, get the corporation set up. You're in business, you know, get the business set up properly. That's what I would say. You can put it in the trust name, but um, um, if anybody has reason to sue your business, it's in the trust name. Everything owned by the trust is up for grabs, possibly. So um, let's see, may I please get email to me, Doc, showing Wild Blue Industries is in good standings and current. Yes, I will take, we will take care of that. We have to go to the state, and I believe there's a $20 charge for that. Um, guys, we don't very often, very seldom do we have anybody ask if a, if a corporation, usually they go right to the state and find out that the uh, um, LLC is, or the corporation is in good standings. The trust, however, um, we would just have to send a document to you. I'm not sure, I haven't looked it up. I don't know if Wild Blue Industries is a trust or a company. 
for a um, LLC or a corporation, but we'll find out. Okay, and whoever is on this call that sent me this this last question I just asked, please send me another email. I accidentally accidentally deleted yours or resend me the same one. And uh, I want to look up and see who you are so we can get it taken care of for you. All right, guys, with that, it is 20 after. I guess we're going to have an early quit tonight. Uh, so I want to thank each one of you for taking the time to come on the call tonight. Uh, God bless each one of you for, for trying to better yourself, for trying to better your... And we've got some possibly tough times coming ahead here with the uh, with a lot of things, the restructuring and things that may be happening. Bill had a very good talk about that um, at the seminar in Green Bay. On uh, And by the way, we do have that available. For anybody that would want to just send an email to M. P-G-Protect. And I want to thank Paul for, for making that cop, that uh, recording again. It was very gracious of him. I, Paul, I can get enough for this. So with that, my friends, thank you. God bless. Good night. And see you next Monday, same time, same place, with more wonderful questions from all of you. So email me your questions. Uh, God bless. Good night. And good night, Mom and Dad. Bye-bye.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.